The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. Barbecue, top one barbecue restaurant in America. 865-265-03 is our telephone number. Hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful morning. Ben McKee. What's up, my man? Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Well rested. I'll say that. Well rested. Uh, your, your Yankees. Not in the playoffs. I want you to be honest, man. Yankees not in the playoffs. A lot of trash talk you get is from Braves fans. Anything you like to say to start the show this morning, Ben? Well, the the unfortunate aspect. Well, actually, yes, I would. I'd like to say that Bryce Harper is one of the greatest baseball players in the game right now, and Braves fans ought to appreciate his greatness and and his ability to come through in the clutch. He he just always delivers for his team. I mean, just just what a night for him last night, uh, especially staring down Orlando Arcia as he uh, rounded second base. But no, on a serious side, I, I really do. I think it's human nature to to be annoyed by by those people who pick on you about your team and their failures. So naturally, because you get annoyed by those people, you want them to feel the misery that you feel. Mm -hmm. So, so there are some Braves fans in my life that I was hoping the Phillies would sweep the Braves just so that they would be miserable. And, And there's some particular people on Twitter that, that I really just would love to step on a Lego at some point as, as well. But it's such a hard dynamic for me to manage my emotions because my buddy Kyle still plays for the Braves and he can still get a second ring, even though he's hurt right now and, and not pitching in the postseason. It, it's a very hard dynamic of I do want the Braves to win because I, I kind of like the Braves. I have family members that are diehard Braves fans, so I grew up watching the Braves too, just like everybody else. 
and uh, Kyle pitches for them. So, like, th- there is some likability with the Braves for me, but the the fans who troll me constantly, and I get it, everybody hates the Yankees and uh, whatnot, but managing my emotions when it comes to that, it, it, it can be very difficult for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I figured you had some, some opinions, uh, but the College World Series, the Florida Gators, man, beat down LSU in that three-game series, and then LSU came back, and handled business and won the title. So, I mean, just because you get beat down doesn't mean it, it's over, Brace fans. So, I guess no, that's... No, I'm... I, I see. I, I I just had to tap into my petty side yesterday because, as I mentioned on Twitter, I had to take a moment out of the day to congratulate the Tampa Bay Rays, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Baltimore Orioles for combining to win as many playoff games as the Yankees did from their couch. And no, I do not care that those three teams were in the playoffs and mine was not. I recognize that. I don't care. I don't. I did not want them to win. I did, I did not want my divisional opponents to win. You you should never want your divisional opponents to win. No, That's no, ridiculous. No. Well, well, the Dodgers are out. I mean, that was also very, very nice to see. LOL at the Dodgers being swept by the Diamondbacks. That that was that was pretty funny and. You know, the good news for, for Freddie Freeman, former Atlanta Brave, uh, his teammates, ex-teammates, aren't really going to be able to miss many tea times with him coming up next week. Uh, for, Freddie's not going to wait long to have to go golfing with his former teammates. Uh, they'll, they'll have many tea times set up next week. Braves ain't out of it yet, Ben. I know. I. It's going to be tough tonight. Uh, they need Spencer Strider, Knoxville native. Uh, to to really really pitch well tonight, and obviously he's very capable of that. He's one of the best pitchers in in baseball right now. Uh, so they 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 should win tonight. I I, I don't I think the Phillies are going with more of a, a bullpen game, if I'm not mistaken, because Wheeler and Nola have pitched the last two. Uh, so uh, it's going to be tough for the Braves, especially in that environment. But the, they are the the best team in baseball, even if this series may not reflect that. So far, that they are the best team in baseball. We're all season for a reason. So I'd be surprised if if the Braves went away quietly. How do you feel about Tennessee's chances versus Texas A and M? Um, the last time we talked was on Tuesday. Do you feel you know how this works as a Tennessee fan during the week? You have different levels of confidence. Typically, they increase as the week goes along. Ben, feel better or worse about Tennessee's chances this weekend at home versus Texas A&M, a team that has lost seven straight road games. But a team that lost last week's game that will come in more desperate. How you feel? I, I feel about the same as I did Tuesday. I, I, I feel like Tennessee will probably win this game. There's just not a a ton of confidence in, in me saying that just because I I am curious to see what Tennessee's retooled offensive line, if you want to call it that. Uh, it, it'll be the second game w- with Cooper Mays back at center and uh, Gerald Mincy out at right tackle. I, I want to see that group again and to, to make sure that that South Carolina game just wasn't a fluke. I don't think at all that it was a fluke and as i said on tuesday and i've said elsewhere 
that South Carolina defensive front was playing some good f- football going in. Like there are other parts of that football team at South Carolina that are not good. The defensive front is not one of them. They have a ton of veterans that play really, really good football, uh, have been playing good football this season, and Tennessee's offensive line dominated them, quite frankly. So I don't think that it was a fluke, but it's still a one-game sample size with Cooper and Gerald in there. Uh, so I, I And this will be the ultimate test uh, th- this week and, and next week. Uh, Alabama's going to be a tough test up front as well, but uh, if they can hold up on, on Saturday, then I, I absolutely think that they win the game because right now I, I think the the biggest difference is the fact that it is a home game like you just mentioned, Swain. Not a lot of teams are winning on the road uh, this year. It, it feels like home field advantage is greater than ever, and I, I think that is that I think that's going to be the biggest difference. Not to say that Tennessee doesn't have some matchups in its favor on the field, but I just think it's really, really hard to go win in hostile environments right now. And that's what Tennessee is going to be on Saturday. That's what Neyland Stadium is going to be. And as you mentioned, A&M's lost seven straight on the road. That they, they have within their program a little bit of issues on the road. Not not a little bit if, you, if you've lost seven straight. So that, that's something that they've got to get figured out. And uh, again, ultimately, I think that Neyland Stadium crowd is going to be the, the biggest difference maker in the game on Saturday. Tennessee alum... Brian McGee made a really good point. Uh, he was he was on our program, Joshua Swain, on Tuesday, and you know I, I asked him a question about the home field advantage because it feels like 2020 in basketball season during COVID when like nobody, or excuse me, the year after COVID when Auburn was undefeated at home. Tennessee was undefeated at home. Arkansas was undefeated at home. It feels like that this year in the SEC during football season. And he was like, man, I was I was wondering if I was the only one who, who recognized that myself. Uh, I was like, no. But he added a really good point. He said the athletic programs are doing the best job ever at creating the atmospheres, the fan experience is something that Danny White talks about. And you think about the light shows that goes around the SEC. You think about the atmospheres around the SEC. And it's different because there's so many other elements that that are added to enhance those environments and make it even difficult, more difficult for opposing teams. And so that has a lot to do with it too. But yeah, like it's hard to win on the road um, right now in, in the SEC. Um, well, and to add on uh, to to A and M's road issues, I, I don't I don't know if you were heading in this direction, but I I pulled up your your social media uh, to share the, the the live stream on on X this morning, and I saw you retweeted uh, my co-worker at the Texas A&M site for 247, yeah. uh, Carter Carroll's, uh, not only has A&M lost seven straight road games, no Jimbo Fisher coach team has defeated a ranked opponent on the road since 2016. Yeah, that's that's that, that's a hard stat to ignore. At some point, again, like I said a moment ago, like when, when you lose – seven straight games on the road, there's something that you're not doing correctly in terms of getting your football team prepared to go play on the road. 
And when you compound that by the fact that your programs have not beaten a ranked team on the road since 2016, and you've coached at Florida State, where you have all the talent in the world, and you're coaching at Texas A&M in that state with all that talent, and you haven't won against a ranked team on the road since 2016, something you're doing is very, very flawed. Yeah. Um, Jimbo mentioned during his Monday availability that mature teams, um, teams that, that have leadership, those are the teams that can, can go on the road and, and win. Um, I, I was like, well, you haven't had one in all this time? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of weird to, to, to think about that, but something's going to give. I think at some point he's going to, to break that nasty streak. We just hope that he doesn't do it this weekend in, in Knoxville. Let's go to the phones, and then we'll take uh, first break of, of the day. Uh, good, good morning. Who do we have with us? Hey, what's going on, Swain? This is uh, Caleb, man. Caleb, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, brother? I like to chatter this morning and everything, man. Um, ben, you doing all right, brother? <clears throat> I am. I hope you are as well. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm sorry about your Yankees, man. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> tough. But um, listen, I, I was uh, – I did want to let y'all know, I did get the squirrel white jersey, you know. I, I bought in, you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> I think they performed really good against South Carolina. But, Swain, you know, you'll probably remember that there was a time where going into a game like this, we were always just – we were just expected to win. And there has to come – like Josh Hoppel, I like the way that our offense is. I think our defense played great. But there has to be a time where we got to go from being good to being great. And we got to – the standard – you know, you hear Steeler fans say it all the time, shout out Ben, the standard is the standard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And here at Tennessee, um, the standard used to be, which I know in the last couple of years, we would be finding a way to try to convince ourselves to win this kind of game. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the, one of those moments now where I'm like, man, I don't even want to try to overthink it. We should win these kind of games. You know, and there has to be a moment where we got to go from good to being great. And you know that's a thin line um, with, with your experience and everything, Swain. And I yeah. just wanted to know, man, in your opinion, what <clears throat> what would be that difference for our team to go from being that good to hitting that great mark? And, and it is a thin line, but it's, it's the little things, you know, yeah. the little details and stuff. And I just wanted to get your opinion on – what exactly is it that we need to do? I know our offensive line has to play better. Uh, I know they looked good against South Carolina, but, you know, theoretically, everybody's going to be looking at them this game. That front seven for Texas A&M, you know, they got some boys. They got some dogs. So I just wanted to get kind of what your thoughts were on that, and then I'll uh, I'll get off here and, and, and everything. But you boys have a good day. I fully expect to win this game, but I do want to know, <clears throat> can we go from being good to being great? Yes. Where it's the standard. Yeah, good, good, good question, Caleb. Thank you for the phone call, my man. Yeah, good question. Uh, wow, that's 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 good. I know we are closer to getting over the hump than than Mark Stoops, who's been there eleven years. Don't look at me like that, Ben. Well, I I think the the better way to phrase it is uh, Josh Heupel is closer to getting over the hump than Kentucky football will ever be to getting over the hump. Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I'll um, we we going that's a good question. Yeah, we we gonna have to get to that question for sure, and, and tackle that one. But uh, we'll have to do that. 
after the break. Um, which hey, we we will definitely do that. Uh 865-255-03. Good stuff from Caleb. Good to great. What is it going to take? We'll touch on that. We'll come back from break. It is Swain Event fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. Stay with us. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit MindBodyKnoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Like we're playing a video game this morning, Ben. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. The Beta Chevrolet text box is always open for you. If you got comments, if you got questions. What a uh, phone call by Caleb. When to expect Tennessee to go from good to great. I, d- I do think we need to realize there are levels. Understand that what happened last year it's not normal when you have almost 30 players leave the portal and you have a coach come in, bring a way different system than the previous coaches. And in the year two, you shoot to the number one spot in the rankings. That's not normal. 
And you do that with people that are not normal. You do it with special people. And this team had special people on last year. Started with Hinton Hooker. Hinton covered up a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Um, and you were lucky, fortunate with the injury bug up until Hinton got hurt versus South Carolina towards the end of the season. This is still year three of a rebuild. And we look at the offensive line this year, and we see how this offensive line wasn't where it needed to be without Cooper Mays. We saw what it was with Cooper Mays, and and even Ben said it last segment, like that was a sample size. How much more are we going to see of last week's offensive line or two weeks ago offensive line against South Carolina? We'll see this weekend. But even next year, this offensive line is going to look totally different. So how do we regroup? How do we put out the best group that's going to protect Nico and be able to run the offense efficiently? That goes back to recruiting. I don't know how we're going to handle that. Not saying we're not. I just don't know how. And I I need to believe it. I need to see it to believe it. I need to see it. I can't sit here and assume that, hey, we're going to have a, go get a brand new offensive line. And even the freshmen that we get who may be four stars, five stars, if they play, are they going to be ready as true freshmen? I don't know. So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. But there's not a coach that we have brought in in the last couple of tries that I feel more confident about taking us from good to great than than Josh Heupel. Um, And honestly, Caleb, how many teams outside of Michigan, Georgia, right now in the country can their fans – Say every week, oh yeah, well, we we expect to win. We gonna win because like I, I think college football is changing with the transfer portal, with NIL. Look at look at college football. I mean, there's there's more teams that have a chance. Like Ben, think about if the college football playoffs were expanded this year, how fun that would be. You got you got three teams in the Pac-12. You got. Penn State, that may look better than Ohio State. You got Michigan, that looks good. You got Oklahoma to handle business versus Texas, and at one point, Texas looked like the best team in the country that had the best win. So you got those two teams in the Big 12. Then you got Florida State. They like, hey, we we here, we back. And then you got Alabama. Then you got Georgia. Then you got, you know, Ole Miss. You got some one-loss teams in there that look pretty good. So... You just have to be one of the top 12 teams to get to the playoffs. And then from there, man, who knows? Like, who knows what could happen? But just to answer Caleb's question uh, a little bit more easy, I'll feel like we are a year or two away from um, getting to that level because we still have to recruit. We still got to recruit, man. We're not where we need to be recruiting-wise, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. I When he asked that question, I, I did think of it a, a little bit differently than, than what you're saying because I, I do think that Tennessee was great last season, mm-hmm. even if uh, 
a handful of players uh, did mask some deficiencies. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but Hendon Hooker was great. Darnell Wright was great. Jalen Hyatt, great. Uh, you're seeing Byron Young carry his greatness in into the to the NFL. That that's been really really cool to see. Obviously, everybody's very familiar uh, with his story. Uh, so I, I do think Tennessee was great last year, mm-hmm. unexpectedly, and you know they they still technically have a chance to be great this year. You're sitting at four and one going into to a month with three big football games, and what happens if you go three and zero this month? It's not likely. I I, I don't think that I would predict it, um, but it, it's possible. And and what if they do do that? What, what if they are seven and one? going in uh, to November and you're a sneaky road trip to Missouri, not saying that Missouri will beat Tennessee. I think Tennessee will win, but that's still a sneaky road trip Uh, that paired with a massive home game against Georgia to go to the SEC championship game. So I I even think with, yes, this year doesn't feel like last year, but technically speaking, this, the, the, the book has not been closed on this year either. So uh, there's still possible, possibilities for for greatness within this season to follow up the greatness of last season. Um, But to to what you're speaking about, Swain, there are certain aspects of the program that need to to continue to improve. And it's, and it's mostly on, on the recruiting side, not, not saying that they're not recruiting well, but that, that offensive line recruiting has to start translating to the field. And because right now, if I'm not mistaken, just off the top of my head, there, there hasn't been a single high school guy that they've signed along the offensive line that has contributed in, in a significant manner because Cooper and Spragans were, were Pruitt guys. Uh, Ollie Lane was probably a butch guy uh, or if that first year Pruitt staff. And then Crawford was a Juco kid. Mincy was a transfer. Campbell was a transfer. Darnell Wright was a Jeremy Pruitt kid. They they haven't had a, a single offensive lineman that they've scouted, signed, contribute yet. And to be quite honest, like there's not one currently on the roster that I look at and say, oh, yeah, he's going to be ready to play next year. I, there, now, on the flip side of that, I'm also not looking at anybody and saying, oh, he's not he's not ever going to be able to play here. I, I think the book is still out on, on a lot of those guys coming in, and, and maybe some of those guys flip the switch. But to me, that that's the aspect of, of the program, the offensive line recruiting that needs to, to, to get going in a quicker manner for them to, to stay at the level of last season and the level of what this season may potentially be. Because, yes, they have some nice high school kids coming in right now and Bennett Warren, and maybe they can go out and get Jordan Seaton, and they've got some other guys. Satterwhite, they beat out Clemson for him. Uh, the Anderson kid, they beat out Oklahoma for him. Like, those are big recruiting wins. But we all know that the offensive line position is a developmental position, and it's unlikely that they're going to be ready to play day one. So even next year, like this offseason for next year, they're going to have to go land multiple offensive lineman out of the portal in my opinion so that's where you see the the great programs sustained success is by constantly winning in the trenches and Ellerby has done a, a good job for the most part in my opinion but in order to take that next step it's his guys that are going to have to come on 
Yeah, we got we got we got to take it to another level in recruiting. It's really simple as that. So if you want to be great and expect greatness and expect to win every single weekend, then um, there's no shortcuts. And I don't care how great the system is offensively and cutting edge it is. You, you still got to go out there and recruit certain positions, just like your Georgia, Alabama, or Texas A&M over the last five years. So, um, that's the, ne- that's the next step. And, uh, and we, I do think, I do right think now. this year's offensive line recruiting class is different than the previous two. Oh yeah. it is. I, I don't think the guys that they're bringing in, in this O-line class is as much of a de- developmental player as the, the first two offensive line halls. Yeah. I made this last point and we'll go, go to break. Um, you mentioned what, what Tennessee can do this year. And, yeah, like, the the schedule looks brutal, but we ain't played it yet. And we're coming off a bye where guys got healthy. Coaches got a chance to work on fundamentals, um, work on some of the weaknesses from September. I'll say this, though. We can finish this season strong and win a lot of games. But to do that, Joe Milton can't be last in yards per attempt. Tennessee's receivers can't be in the 20th ranking for yards. We can't be in the 70s as a team. And passing yards of 30 yards or more. And we can't have the 10th rated passing rating in the SEC either. And these are um, stats that uh, SEC Mike brought up here on, on Twitter. Like, that cannot continue. That has to change. Not saying that it won't. I think it actually can after the bye week and getting Cooper Mays back and and you have identified the squirrel white is your playmaking receiver. He's playing with level of confidence. Mel Keaton, I hope, understands now what he needs to do. He needs to take his game to another level. Uh, Dante Thor needs to take his game to another level, get himself healthy. And then the young pups and Webb and Nimrod, it's, it's, it's go time. It's, it's time. It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. So what we did versus South Carolina, we can't expect – to go and do versus Texas A&M and, and Kentucky and South Carolina, to, uh, excuse me, and uh, Alabama to win games and Georgia to win games. You're going to have to throw the football down the football field. You're going to have to make explosive plays in the air. All right, let me go to the phones and uh, we'll take a break. Good morning. What's going on, guys? It's Deezy in Milwaukee. What's up, Deezy? Man, I'm chilling. Uh, literally, it's like 40-some degrees outside this morning. So I think the summer is over for us. It's over, buddy. But that's all right. It's football season, so I won't complain. Um, ben got me uh, kind of changed my spirits a little bit. Um, I was going to call and say that uh, I think we definitely have a chance at a successful season. Um, obviously, it looks a lot different than it did last year. Um, with all the special players that you guys are just naming. But, I mean, we, we still got everything left on the table. And I think 
Um, obviously, with the bye week, um, just passing was a good time to reset. Um, hopefully, work some things out, get some of those young receivers, you know, to to step it up a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm I'm hoping for a big game this weekend. I know the crowd's gonna be ready. You already know. Yeah, the crowd. Yeah. the crowd will be ready for sure. Yeah, um, Ben, I had a quick question regarding um, the Tennessee basketball question. Actually, just a quick. When yes, did they start? When did they start doing these pro days? Um, I was like, you know, clicking through YouTube a little bit, and, um, flipping through Bovals and some of the other uh, websites, and they were mentioning something about a, a pro day. I know that. I believe we had one yesterday or the day before, and I think Kentucky had one as well. And I thought it was kind of strange that they were doing something like that before the basketball season. Can you explain what that was all about? Yeah, I'm I'm not really sure the the thought process of why they do it before the season. That that's actually a fascinating question that that I've never uh, thought about. Maybe Swain has uh, an answer or an opinion as as to why they they hold it before the season. But Tennessee's been doing that for the last handful of years, I guess you could say, at, at least under Rick Barnes. Um, most programs do allow their their media to to come cover the the pro day for whatever reason uh the 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 media is not invited to Tennessee's pro day i i don't know why it just hasn't been the case in the last couple of years uh not saying that they're right or wrong uh f- for making that decision i i do think that it would it would help with um you know allowing your, your players to get more attention. I, I think it'd be good for the the program uh, to promote Pro Day because, like you said, you, you kind of stumbled upon it on on YouTube, uh, yep. just just kind of searching for stuff. So uh, that, that that that's something they've been doing for a couple of years now, and, and I'm not honestly sure why they, they do it before the season. Uh, maybe because you kind of quickly get into the draft process uh, following the season and, and you have the draft combine and, and all sorts of different stuff afterwards. But uh, th- that has become the norm in, in college basketball here lately. Yeah. I don't know either, okay. man. That's, that's I, I kind of caught, I called it like you DZ and it, and it caught my attention. I was like, huh? Wow. That's okay. All right. And I kept it moving because I'm in football mode right now. So just keeping it real. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. <laughs> all right. I know you guys are going to break. I just had one more quick question. Yes, if sir. I can get it in. Um, it's about the Eric Berry tribute. Eric um, Berry, Eric Berry. Man, Sorry yes, sir. Man, can't, can't, can't wait to see that guy again, and uh, glad to hear that he's still healthy and doing well. Now, is this just like a, a tribute? Are they just honoring him, or is he actually like going into the ring of honor or getting his, you know, name retired or anything like that? Or will he have to actually get inducted into the Hall of Fame first before they can actually? go through with that process i know it i know tennessee has like the most stringent rules when it comes to the you know the retiring the name so i was wondering if this was just like a tribute honoring him or is he actually going up in the ring of honor and um i'll get off and it's always good to talk to you fellas and let's get them this weekend hey thank you DZ. yeah air barry is uh, is um going into the college football hall of fame um his nfl career was cut cut short and you are right. There, there is some really um, tough criteria that Air Barry have to meet to get his number 
retired here at Tennessee, some things he has, he has to do at the pro level. And um, I don't know if he, he has done that or not. Um, but this weekend is about honoring him because of his Hall of Fame induction. And, like, I don't know if people notice, but, like, Eric, he's like, he's not real public. He is very private. And, you know, Tennessee wanted to honor him and have him part of the part of the program and, and love up on him. And it was a perfect opportunity to, to do that. So um, him making the Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame, was a good um, reason to bring him back and honor him and make the weekend about him. I just hope that, man, we go out there and we handle business because I get flashbacks of – Chris Lofton's jersey retirement. I get flashbacks of when Peyton Manning was was here in 2017 versus Georgia. Like, man, we got to start handling business when we bring legends back and, and honoring them. Like, we can't go out there and get beat. It just takes away from from the whole weekend. Got to handle handle our business out there in the football field. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. We will take a brief time out. Stay with us. It's Wayne Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. You're listening to the Swain Event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's offsides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men. Healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865 865- 257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube.
865-255-03. Our telephone number is when event fueled by the damn barbecue. Betty Chevrolet. SUVs, trucks, pre-owned, as low as $19,995. Betty Chevrolet text box, bettychevrolet.com. Check out what's on the text box this morning. Appreciate the phone calls from DZ there. Good stuff. Good stuff. As much as I love basketball, man, when I'm in football mode, I'm in football mode. Captain Tennessee Vols says, I got $20 on the Jordan Seaton fund. I know players can't get paid for play on field technically. But if they were smart, they would post that cash app on Twitter bio, catch a touchdown, and I may drop extra something. I mean, I guess you, there's a, there's ways to do that, I guess. Not as directly as that. Uh, Vault fan says, please tell me they're going to have Swiper Boy there singing the song when Eric Berry is introduced. Hey, man, I think if Danny White wants to hit a home run, you know, you, you've already done that with Eric Berry coming back. But if you want to hit a grand slam, you got to get Swiper Boy involved. And, uh, man, Eric Berry's your favorite player. Football player growing up. He uh he was. He was why fourteen was and still is my my favorite number. Eric Berry and and Chris Lofton were my guys growing up as as a little ball fan. So been cool for me to within the last uh eight, ten months see both of them honored uh to the extent that they deserve. Uh, because like you mentioned, both of them were my favorite players growing up. Vault teacher says we need baseball updates, Ben. <laughs> I think Vault teacher asked earlier in the show how fall practice was going as well. Somebody did uh, ask earlier in the show, but uh, fall practice is is going well for Tennessee. They're they're building up towards next Sunday's exhibition against Virginia Tech in Greenville the Sunday after the Alabama game. So. Uh, I, I could speak for for a long time on everything going on at, at Lindsey Nelson Stadium right now because there is so much going on. But uh, I have made I have managed to make it to every single scrimmage so far, and uh, they they look good. They look good. A lot of guys playing different positions, uh, trying guys out at different positions. Uh, a lot of very very exciting freshmen. Not sure how many of them will contribute this year, but. There, there's no drop-off with Tennessee baseball in, in the coming years. And I, I truly believe, I said this uh, back in June, Swain, when I was out in Omaha and we were doing the show, I, I firmly believe that Tony Vitello and Josh Elander and Frank Anderson are going to win a national championship within the next three to five years. They, they just have too much talent right now, and, and they have too much talent coming in in the next several uh, recruiting classes, and that's on top of what they're going to be able, be able to add through the portal. So uh, a lot of guys are looking good right now, both on the mound and at the plate, but uh, a lot of question marks right now because they're trying to figure out which guy fits best where. Every time I see Botello, especially like the last couple of times, he's been like, all right, man, got to go recruit, got to go get things set up for the recruits. <laughs> like, 
the last three times I saw him, it was it was recruiting that either he had to go and take care of, or it was in the middle of a recruiting um, dinner that he had with some of some of his players that he was hosting. So, one well, to to give you a little sneak peek into the way Tony Vitello operates this past weekend in Jupiter, Florida, the biggest travel ball tournament of the the year what was held in Jupiter, Florida. And uh, Vitello was down there. Josh Elander was down there. I recently promoted to the third assistant. Richard Jackson w- was down there and Vitello gets back on, on Sunday and they immediately have a scrimmage at seven thirty-five at night on a Sunday night after he had been out of town recruiting all weekend and then also turned around on Monday and had an early afternoon scrimmage. So uh, Vitello is very much about the grind and, and that is why he is as successful as he is. And the fact that he is having a seven thirty-five uh, scrimmage at night on a Sunday uh, tells you that he is a single and B has no kids. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um, some other good stuff here in the text box. We want last year to be normal in the hunt for the playoffs every year. If we somehow figure out how to win 10 games this year with the bowl, win, I think we should expect to be in the hunt yearly. If we win 10 this year, that means coaching is doing their job above and beyond. And that would be the expectation moving forward. I, mean, I think that sounds good, and I understand next year the football playoff is going to expand. So Lane Kiffin, who could have left Ole Miss, said, you know what, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay here. Why? Because every year he's going to have a chance to be one of those top 12 teams. Tennessee is going to have a chance to be one of those top 12 teams. So... Does your expectations change a little bit knowing that the football playoff is going to expand? I mean, Tennessee, let's say this year finishes 10 and 2. You're one of the top 12. There may be some teams, some years where if you're 9 and 3, you may be in there. Yeah, I mean, even with the the fourteen playoffs, Wayne T- Tennessee, in my opinion, and we've talked about this at length over the the many years we've been doing this together. Now, like to, at a place like Tennessee, the expectation is to c- compete for SEC championships and national championships every se- every season. Obviously, it's not going to play out that way every single year. But you at a place like Tennessee, where you have the resources to compete for championships on a yearly basis. You should be in the hunt and in the mix in early November and and playing important games the second half of the season to go play in the playoffs. That that that's kind of my expectation for Tennessee. That that was my expectation with the fourteen playoff. And that's definitely gonna be my expectation with the twelve team playoff, just because you have so many resources at Tennessee. And yeah, you're right about Lane and and the whole twelve team playoff thing. But also at, at Ole Miss, even if they can sneak into the playoffs, I don't think that they'll ever win a national championship. I, I don't think that you can win a national championship at a school like Ole Miss. That's not the case at Tennessee. 
I know what our texter is saying. Like, you want last year to be normal. And we all want last year to be normal. But how many programs out there right now is at that is at that position right now? Where, like, what Tennessee did last year is a normal expectation for them every year. There's Georgia. There's Ohio State. There's Alabama. There's Michigan now. Now. Because Harbaugh's been there since 2015. And 2021 was the year where he broke through. 12-2. and Last year, 13-1. and Right now, a top three team. Arguably the best team. I'm saying that because we have to remember Josh Heupel's in his third year. Y'all, there's after there's, taking over a disaster. Yeah, there's still there's still things with the foundation that has to be fixed. Like last year was special, but you but I can't let last year warp the reality or impact the reality that our offensive line short-term and long-term has to be addressed. And it's not right now. Long-term. So it's hard for me to sit here and say, yeah, I I expect us to go out there and win, win every football game like Michigan and Georgia right now. When I'm looking at an injury to one player derail the whole offensive line in the first five games. I'm looking at an injury to a wide receiver, Brew McCoy, that has us questioning how we're going to pick up explosive plays in the passing game. Here's what, you have to understand something. I wasn't in practice during fall break. I'm not in the meeting rooms. So I can't sit here and say, we're going to be good. I don't know that. I know that Josh Heupel has earned, in his two years here, he's earned the trust of fans. He should. He's earned the trust of me that during the bye week, he's going to generate some solutions for what happened in the first month of the, of the, of the season. I expect us to have some, some answers. I expect us to have some solutions. I f- expect us to be better in the passing game. But I'm not going to sit here and act like I was in the meetings or I was at practice because I wasn't. But I am highlighting what we have to do to take the next step and, and, and be better. When you are the Georgias and the Michigans and Ohio States and, and the Alabamas, you don't have issues that we have right now with certain position groups. And we have to understand something that is normal when a coach is entering his third year, his third yeah, the, season. The, the, those issues that you're mentioning are more of a result of what they took over rather than something they've done wrong along the way. Yeah. Like I, I'm not trying to push down expectations. I'm just trying to be realistic. That's all I'm, I'm trying to be. I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to be realistic. That's, that's all. And, We've already, I felt like, cut off 
some some time off our rebuild anyways. But oh, 1, I, I can't let last year make us feel like, oh, yeah, the, the trip to Atlanta from Knoxville is three hours. And this one time you got there in two hours and 15 minutes because everyone, everyone was speeding. The police officers decided to take the day off. You're riding with Stokes. You're riding with Seth Stokes. And that one time you got there in two hours and 15 minutes. And the next time you go to Atlanta, you're like, oh, well, I can expect to be there in two hours and 15 minutes because we did it last time. <laughs> Like, I can set my schedule around being there in two hours, 15 minutes. Like, you just be, you got to be careful with expecting what happened last year, this year, because last year was, it was special, man. You had some special players. It was like, it was, it was special, y'all. There's still things that have to be, to be, to be done the right way. That you can't take shortcuts in doing. All right, let me get back to the phone. 865-255-03. Ben, you begin to you begin to hustle pretty fast too now. No, I don't. Not hey. with this Chattanooga Friday afternoon traffic and, and and me living outside, you know, having to come into town to oh, get to yeah, Knoxville right. and then getting through uh that 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 West Knoxville traffic that's and then right. through Chattanooga traffic. No, I do not. That's right. That's right. You make a good point. All right, let's get to the phones. Uh, good morning. What's up, y'all? It's Rusty. What's up, Rusty? Living, man. Um, so I, I've i been beating this around on my little Twitter thing with with my files. Phrasing. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I, I love an Archer reference. That's so great. Phrasing. Um, so, yeah. I've been um, discussing this. Thank you. <laughs> the same thing you're talking about. <laughs> With SC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington about to be part of the Big Ten and Texas, Oklahoma about to be part of the SEC. With all these, with the conferences going the way they're going, and the twelve team playoff. I think I think eleven and one and twelve and two or ten and two seasons are gonna be rare for almost everybody with the portal and talent being dispersed because of the portal in NIL being more spread out. Good players not staying and waiting two years to play at Alabama or Ohio State. They're gonna go somewhere else. And you got tougher conferences. Now the Big Twelve and the Mountain Pack West, whatever it's going to be called, um, with those conferences might have one loss teams, but the two big conferences, the real conferences, are going to probably have teams with two and three losses. Yeah, getting in the playoffs most years, I think so. Nine and three, which is a you know historically what everybody you know would consider a bad season, is going to be a playoff team. When does our fan base? Adjust their way that their their brains. It ain't just our fan base, Rusty. It's going to be college football fans. To, period. We we'll have to adjust. That's what I mean. Yeah, but I'm, I'm just talking about just. I know it's going to be everybody's going to have to get used to. Well, Alabama fans will be like, we went ten and two this year. That's horrible, but we're in the playoff. <laughs> yeah. We we suck. Well, wait a second. We're in the playoff. What? I, how do we how do we adjust ourselves to this? And but for us, you know, 
I'm going to be shocked if there's not an eight and four team in the playoff at some point. I mean, LSU won a national championship with two losses when there wasn't even a fourteen playoff. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a twelve seed that's got four losses at some point. Ugh. Because there's going to be you that. You think much so? Parity. Are there are there that few nine and three teams? I I, I guess I I certainly see several nine and three teams getting in, but an eight and four, I, I feel like they'd be way down in, in the it. pecking order. You're stretching it, Rusty. I don't know about that one. It's gonna it, it's gonna be really really rare. Just like the LSU having two losses, being one of the top two teams, but that year, I'm gonna guess that year if there was a 12 team playoff, if a two team, if a two loss team got into the final two teams, just automatically through to the final two, probably a four loss team was one of the best 12 teams in the country that year. So it may be a super super rare thing, but it's probably gonna happen at some point if we had that. Yeah, I can't I say it won't I, happen I, at some point. Yeah, I mean so. The, the question remains: What, what, when are we all going to be like? You know what? We're 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 one of the best twelve teams in the country. We're we're right there competing, but we we lost at Florida, we lost at Alabama, and we lost at Kentucky, and we won. But but we beat Oklahoma, and we beat Georgia, and we beat Missouri, and we um, and we beat A and M this year. So we're nine and three, and we're in the playoff. We're we're the, we're the eighth seed, but oh my god, we lost to Florida, Bama, and Kentucky. Yep. I mean, I, it's it's going to happen. It's it's going to happen at some point, Rusty. I think that's a conversation that we'll need to continue to have, um, and remind people that hey, the season's not over. Just because you have two losses, you can still get to the the college football playoff, depending on depending on what else happened. So check this out, Rusty. Last year, a four-loss team is in the playoffs because Utah, 10 and 4. Right. Yeah. I mean, 10, I mean, 10 and 4. Now they did. I think they lost a bowl game, but, yeah. I mean, that, that's the yeah, closest they were, thing. Yeah, they were three losses going into the bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the closest thing. Uh, Kansas State was two spots outside the playoffs. Uh, they were 14th. They were ten and four, so like it, we're we're flirting with it happening at some point. But well, they were the yeah, big, but those the fourth losses champs. are coming they in the, the bowl big, game. Yeah, that's what I just said. K, K- well, State was State the Big too. Twelve champs, and they were nine and three going or ten and three going in, so they could easily they they would have been in too last year. Them and Utah both would have been in the playoffs last year hosting, or no, they would have both been in the playoffs with a bye. Yeah, we're flirting with it. We're flirting with it. I can see it happening. Yeah, it it's yeah. it's the NFL part two. I mean that that's what it is, and and it does feel a little bit different because you're not playing 17 games like the NFL. But in the NFL, what 14 and three, 13 and four, 12 and five, like those seasons are, are viewed as really good seasons in in the right. NFL. Uh, so I it, right. I mean the, the the college football model is becoming NFL junior model each offseason more and more but, That's what but, you want to but be 12 12 teams out of 127 is a lot less than 14 out of 32 so it, it, it's still the 1, elite getting, it's still it's still the elite getting in here's the question how long is it going to be 12 of 127 how long until it's going to be 12 out of the top 74 teams are eligible for the playoff because I, I think we're going to exclude some teams out of that division at some point right we're going to drop down to like 64 or 82 or 96 teams or something. It's possible. We're going to kick 
you know. It's possible. But anyways, 12 still isn't too high of a percentage. You still got to be really, really, really good to get those 12. So I'm, I'm for it. I just think we're going to have to, like, you know, move our expectations. Hey, um, if, if you could, any, any news on Leacock? Is he, is he close? Um, and, and I'll get off here and c- come, come over to Twitter space tomorrow night. We'll, we'll be beating it around. Oh boy. Thank you for the phone call, Rusty. Um, I'm hearing not, not right now. Yeah, I'm hearing right, not right now. So that's a whole other conversation right there. Josh Heupel did not rule him out earlier this week, but I don't know if that was press conference talk or uh, that that Nathan has truly taken a, a step forward here. He, he was banged up at fall camp uh, and, and to start the season, um, but Heupel seemed to think that he was progressing well earlier this week, but I, I don't know if that's Heupel talk or he, he actually is. I, I don't expect him to contribute this month per se over these next three games. But if what Hypo was saying he was being genuine about, then then maybe he can help in November. Whether it was Hypo talk or not, We can't get used to dudes like like the Laycock coming in here and not playing. Because I don't know how long you're going to be able to do that year in and year out. You know what I'm talking about, Ben. It's the elephant in the room. Last year was so special, so prolific offensively. You, won, you had a Blitnikoff award winner for the first time in program history. But we was really only playing two, uh, three or four receivers. And that's something that's been a trend in the two and a half years. Unless recruits have changed. When you go in, if you're a top player in the country, you're not just signing up the red shirt. Before you sign, before you commit, like playing early is kind of part of the deal in most positions. Like you want to have a chance to play early in most positions. Quarterback is different, but you want to have a chance to play early, especially at skill position player uh, uh, positions like wide receiver and DB. And so I just think it's important. Now, well, Laycock has some injuries, so that that delay his. Debut, it delayed his start to college football. But when these freshman receivers come in this year, and one of them is a five star, like we got to find ways to get dudes on the football field because yeah, you, no one's going to places to sit, Ben. No, no, I and I completely agree with you, but I I do think that Laycock not playing is more. Nathan Laycock not being ready to play than Tennessee sticking with three to four receivers at most times, not getting him on the field type Correct. of situation. That's why, I, that's why I'm not just using him as the prime example. I'm, I'm, if Mike Matthews comes in and he's not playing right away, then I think at that point, then 
some some self-reflection may really need to happen. I did actually want to ask you something similar uh, earlier in the show when when receivers were brought up. It's it's such a fascinating part of Tennessee's offense to look at right now because and I guess the ultimate question that I'm going to ask you is do they need to to reevaluate the the way that they go about incorporating receivers into the game on Saturday because on one hand like I I understand why they typically only play three or so guys at a time because they're going tempo 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 mm-hmm. it's hard to sub 100%. when you're going tempo 100% but the 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 negative result to that is a guy like Walker Merrill transferring and, and I to be honest I have no idea what Walker Merrill has done at Wake Forest this season but it sure would be nice I would think to have Walker Merrill right now after Bruce McCoy's injury and and I'm not saying that Walker Merrill is some some great all conference player, but like Tennessee's on the verge of possibly having to play Jack Jancic at receiver, who is very talented, but he is also a walk on. And there's a drop off in talent from Jack Jancic to to the guys that are on scholarship. That they're on scholarship for a reason. Jack's not for a reason. So I, I don't know how you juggle. Like yes, your tempo really only allows you to play three guys on any given series. And if they're Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman and Brew McCoy, or you're starting three receivers, you don't want to take them out of the game on the next possession. But that is also going to lead to guys like Walker Merrill wanting to leave in the off season because he's not playing a ton. So I, I don't know how you find a nice balance there of sticking to what you do well in offense, but also making sure that that guys are, are getting playing time. And in the portal era, not running off if they don't get playing time. Yeah, that's 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 why if if you're healthy and guys are productive, it's the best. Like it's the best situation in college football. Like if you are a wide receiver in this offense and you're one of the top three guys, you ain't coming out. You about to get all the balls. You about to have a year like Tillman had in twenty one and Hyde had in twenty two, and you about to get yourself paid. But if you have some injuries, if you have some injuries, Dante Thornton didn't play last game. Drew McCoy got hurt. Now you're playing some guys because your depth is thin, because you've had players transfer. Now you're playing some guys that you you may or may not know that can compete at the level you need them to compete at. Like, that's the double-edged sword. That's just the reality of it, man. I, I don't know how you you make it better. It's 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 feast or famine. And I don't – I'm not going to sit here and say I agree or disagree. I just understand. Like, I, like I, I understand. I, I was part of a rotation that played seven, eight dudes in a game. And now it's part of a rotation that only three of us play. I like playing more, Ben. I love the rotation of playing more. Playing more until I, I had to tap my own helmet to get out. I didn't tap my helmet before. But you got to do what is your recipe to win. And you got to be able to adapt. And so... 
that's why I, that's why I said you know Leacock he he has been hampered with injury. His debut was delayed because of that. But if if you're trying to go out and recruit the Carnell Tates, the the Mike Matthews, the the, the top receivers in the country every single year, but you have a trail of top receivers from two to three years, you have a trail of guys that that don't play as freshmen, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. I'm just saying, that that is going to it, be an issue. Yep, and then I think what you're alluding to is something that I was thinking in my head. Like, at some point, it's going to catch up to you on the recruiting trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not with the Mike Matthews and the Carnell Tates because they're five stars, and they think that no matter the circumstance, they're going to come in and, and play right away and, and ball out. But it, it it probably hurts you more, I would think, with that second-tier, third-tier high school receivers, your Braylon Staley's of the, the guys who aren't bona fide five stars that, that think that they can come in and play anywhere in the country, but that, that next tier down or even a tier after that. Like Braylon Staley right now could be looking at that in a similar manner. You know, South Carolina's come in and, and offered late, and, and it doesn't look they just like offered. he's going to. Yeah, that that is a, a very weird situation. I don't I don't know how he's in your backyard. I, I think they offered last week. Just wow. after Tennessee lost or uh, Tennessee, South Carolina lost to Tennessee. Wow. And he's from South Carolina and a big time receiver. Wow. Yes. Um, and I, like I would be surprised if he flipped from Tennessee to South Carolina, but there are South Carolina people who cover the team that that is putting out that South Carolina has confidence that they may be able to get back in this thing. So, well, I, I, well again, he's, good, he's good enough to play. Is a freshman. Uh, I, I yes. want to make that clear because you know I, I understand the tiers that you're re- referencing. Um, then you have your your top five star players that somebody else, these r- recruiting analysts, they put in the box. That doesn't mean they always right. Uh, I, you go watch Stalis film. He's good enough to play as a freshman. Yes, one one thousand percent. And again, I would kind of be surprised right now if, if he did flip to South Carolina, especially with how late they offered. But he's an in-state kid. We live in a world where NIL can can kind of come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And to get back to the conversation that we were having, I'm sure that South Carolina is pointing out like, hey, Nathan Laycock's not playing as as a freshman after he practically came in as a five-star they they don't really rotate receivers. They only play three guys. Mm-hmm. Like that is something that Tennessee is going to have to combat mm-hmm. on the recruiting trail. I'm sure they already are and will have to continue. So I would think what they really need to happen these next couple of games, Swain, they need Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod to start making some plays. 100%. 100%. I know for a fact that's what other schools do because years ago I was at a Catholic Fulton game, and y'all know I – trained Amari Rogers and have a relationship with him. But, like, I saw Jeff Scott there, and Jeff Scott was the uh, co-offense coordinator at Clemson at the time. And um, I was joking around with him. I was like, hey, man, I don't, I don't like this whole wide receiver U stuff y'all doing. I, y'all know who the real receiver U is. And he laughed. He was like, hey, man, it's all recruiting, man. I get it. Uh, and I was like, I understand. And one thing that I learned is – they just they just lay out the facts. They're like, hey, this is when um, you know 
know, they was recruiting Josh Malone. We was recruiting Josh Malone. They just start laying out the numbers like, yo, this is what our guys did here at Clemson. And Sammy Watkins and boom, 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 start laying out the numbers and when they played and how many catches they had in yards. And then compared it to Tennessee's receivers over the time and when they played in the yards. And the, sometimes the numbers kind of speak for themselves. And so, like, you better believe that's what other schools are trying to do to, to recruit against Tennessee when it comes to our receivers. Tennessee knows that. Everyone knows that. Um, but last year was last year was phenomenal. Um, but with some injuries and already having maybe a short group of receivers because of that style of play in the transfer portal, allowing guys to leave whenever they want to, it's going to force guys like Caleb Webb and Nibrod who haven't played much. But now you got to play in the thickest part of the schedule against some real competition. And you can expect to want to go recruit dogs because everybody wants dogs on their team. And it's easier to recruit them than try to develop them. It's easier just to say, all right, we know he's a dog. We watch his film, we go see him. He's coming on campus. That is a dog in high school. That's a senior. He's a dog. It's easier to just recruit them than to try to create them when you get them to campus. You can't expect to get dogs that are okay with being caged. Dogs that want to play, and they're going to compete and do everything they can to, to play early. And so you can't expect a dude to come in here and just be okay with, with not playing as a freshman. So um, that's just something to monitor you know, long-term, it's not a problem right now, but that's something that we need to make sure while we're recruiting these top-notch wide receivers, we understand, man, these dudes are coming in, they're expecting to play early. That's that's part of why they're picking certain schools. What do you think? No, go ahead. I was going to ask you where you think Ramel Keaton is, is at right now. He... I've expected more from him to to start this season, uh, if if I'm being completely honest. I'm I'm curious where you think he's at heading into this this stretch because they, they need they need him to to regain that form that he had last season. Um, am I am I off base there, or do you think I'm on the right path? No, you you're not off base. I'll, I'll say this. I brought the symbol on uh, Josh and Swain yesterday, and um, had some had some folks all nervous and stuff. Um, I had all my my notes written down, but I I got it I got it right here in the in the in the dome. So, Texas A and M's two losses: A and M, Miami. Jalen Milrow threw the ball for three hundred twenty-one yards. You had Jermaine Burton have 197 yards receiving. You had a second receiver that had a little less than 100. So you had two receivers of 300 yards, basically, in the Alabama loss. In the Miami Miami loss, you had two receivers that accounted for over 225, 250 yards. Two receivers. Two losses. Four receivers 
that almost had a, a hundred yards apiece. Two receivers that had over a hundred and and thirty five forty yards. Teams that lost to Texas A and M didn't have a receiver go for a hundred yards. So what do you think needs to happen on Saturday? Because Tennessee needs uh, t- <laughs> two receivers to go for a hundred yards. Because you, if you think you're gonna just run the ball against A and M the way you ran it against South Carolina, man, I, I, I got, I got some. I got some property on Mars to sell you. Me and Jennifer Morris, we can we can we can team up and sell you some real estate on Mars. <laughs> it would be very very surprising, and, and that's be. nothing against Tennessee. A M's just that good. No, you can re- you respect the opponent. You respect the opponent, and you identify weaknesses and you try to exploit those weaknesses. And one of A M's weaknesses is stopping the deep ball. So we have to be really good. In that area. Now, back to your question about Romel Keaton. Whatever happened in the month of September happened. There were some good moments. There were not some not so great moments. Florida game, Romel bounced back, had a strong game. Early in the season, had a touchdown drop against Virginia. I thought he uh, had a touchdown catch in the end zone versus South Carolina. It was a tough catch. I thought he still should have made it. But moving forward, I think Romel Keaton has to play like an absolute monster. Because I think he needs to lead the charge for this wide receiver group. It's like this this group, it's going to be hard unless we just spread it around and Joe is just spreading it around like crazy. And we got four receivers with 50 yards apiece or something like that. But we're going to need a receiver to go for over 100 yards, I feel like, in this football game. Unless... We were able to have more success running the football than anybody else has had versus AM and uh, by 100 yards, and Joe Milton is doing his thing in the run. Or we get a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown. Like, man, there's so many different ways to skin a cat here and to win in football. But when you look at AM's losses, there's some things that kind of jump out at you. It's like, oh, they had, they gave up some plays. So you look at, uh, you know, Van Dyke, quarterback. Miami, and then you look at Jalen Murrow, who up to the Texas A&M game was only putting out 200-yard passing games. They wanted to bench him. They did bench him after the Texas, Texas game. The A&M game was Jalen Milrow's first 300-yard game of the season. This could be the game for Joe Milton to have his first 300-yard game of the season. This is an opportunity for Joe Milton. Do I think he can get it? Absolutely. Yeah, I got I got faith and confidence in our, in our staff. I know how valuable the bye week can be. I think we can do it. Will we? I don't know, but I think we can. And I think we might have to. I think we might have to. But long answer to your short question about Romel Keith. We got. We need to have some warriors on the outside during this game. Kyle and Smyrna says they can easily just say, "If you earn a starting spot, you will rarely come out of the game." Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. That's that's the that's the great thing about playing wide receiver here. 
is if you want the top three, whoo, you about to eat. You're about to eat. And that would attract me 100%. Uh, McSwain. Merrill does not have a catch for Wake Forest, but I agree it would be really nice to have him or Holiday or Callaway. Yeah, I was looking for numbers on Merrill. I couldn't find anything at all. Um, I don't know if Holiday or Callaway would, 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 would be playing right now. Tennessee is perfectly okay without Jimmy Callaway. <laughs> I, 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 Thank you. I was trying to be nice. Callaway was a headache. I, I think that's somewhat well known at this point. He, he was a, a headache for Tennessee and in that receiver's room. So uh, ten, Tennessee's okay without Jimmy Callaway. Now, he has all the talent in the world. And, again, I, I don't know what he's done at Louisville this year playing with Harrison Bailey, just like I did not know what Walker Merrill was doing at Wake Forest. Harrison Bailey. Um, yeah, Harrison Bailey's at, at Louisville as a walk-on. He's not playing, uh, man. No. He's on he, team. He's, well, he, he might be standing with Jimmy on the sideline. Yeah, might be. They they, they might be sideline buddies. Uh, yeah. So, uh, they, they they need – and I, I, do too, I do think to a certain extent the the last staff maybe not the the best wide receiver evaluations with those three, but like the overall point is like those depth pieces, especially early in their career, in the transfer portal era, if they're not playing right away because of how the system is and and rarely substituting because of the tempo those guys may take their ball and, and go home or, or go elsewhere. Yeah, and that, that. that's something that they're going to have to figure out because all of a sudden if Bruce McCoy has a f- tragic injury and Dante Thornton can't keep his hamstring the, the way he needs to keep it healthy, then all of a sudden, I mean, you're in a situation where you may have to rely on a walk-on. You, you can't criticize the last staff for receiver evaluation. Well, I was – Speaking to those particular evaluations, okay, okay. Merrill, Callaway, okay. Holiday, okay. and say. like I, they, they, they did go get Cedric Tillman and and Jalen Hyatt, but it it really took Heupel and his coaching staff to to actually get them to do something. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, they saw the tools. There, there's no doubt yeah, about that. The, to, to go out and get three star dudes and two star dudes, and then those guys wind up being NFL players, that looks good on the evaluation. Um, but there's a lot of factors that, that that led to why those guys were not used properly until Hypo got here. But yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I get what you're saying. Um, 865-255-03. One last segment here in the program taking your text box messages your comments uh we will do that and then uh wrap up things here on the swain event field by daddy and barbecue ben mckee go vols 247 where's that Steelers shirt man it's dirty can't you gonna wear it today it's uh it is dirty i've been wearing it all week it's an open week too so giving it a little (laughs) bit of a break let let it breathe and let it get in the washer this week uh 865-255-03 be right back 
What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. All right, Ben McKee. Go Vols 247. I do have my notes here. 
Jermaine Burton, nine catches, 197 yards, two touchdowns. Isaiah Bond, nine, 96 yards, seven receptions, a touchdown. So between those dudes, 16 catches, almost 300 yards, three touchdowns. Miami. Um, receiver go for six catches at 126. Another receiver went for five catches, 94 yards, three touchdowns. So you had three touchdowns in both losses for Texas A&M from the receivers. And Texas A&M's wins against Arkansas and Auburn, Auburn's leading receiver was a running back who had 23 yards. Arkansas's leading receiver had a touchdown, but had three catches for 78 yards. If you are in this receiver room, you should be giddy. Because I would be giddy. Like, I... I get excited when I know, like, hey, man, the game the game might come down to us. Like, we got to go win this thing. Like, our players on the outside may be the difference. But you know that it's, it's a a game, strengths versus strengths, and, and both defensive fronts are, are really, really tough. Like, I remember the 2004 Alabama game, and we had a feeling it was going to be a low-scoring game, and it's a rivalry game, and it's a physical game, and it, it was all about who made players on the outside. Okay. As a receiver, that makes you excited about your your value, your worth. It's a heck of an opportunity, man. For guys like Square over Mel Keaton and some of the young pups too. It's there for the taking. And it makes you feel even better when you know a guy like Jalen Milrow that has been criticized so much as a passer in the pocket go out and look like Bryce Young for a game. <laughs> That's what he did. He looked like Bryce Young out there. Big Orange 1, 2, 3 says, let's get on the Jay Wade hype train. Forty-two seventeen. Yeah, that's what Jay Wade wants to see because he lives in Texas. But anybody expecting 42-17 in this, in this matchup? Other than Jay Wade? Other than Jay Wade. No, no, no. That's not what he expected. He said that's what he wants. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm sure every Tennessee, Tennessee fan wants that. Yeah, I know, right? You can expect it all day long. That, that don't mean you're going to get it. Colin Smyrna says this game is Joe Milton's make or break game. He either breaks out in this game or shows his potential or he throws a couple picks and just shows he can't get it done. I don't think it's that black and white, honestly. Because Joe Milton can... Can still have a good game. He still got. He still got. He can't block for himself, throw it to himself, and catch it. Like he, he can't do all those things. Joe can only do what he can do. He still has to have receivers make plays on the ball. Like last game versus South Carolina, he threw up a fifty-fifty ball to Squirrel White, and Squirrel White made a great play on it. It wasn't a back shoulder. It wasn't a over-the-shoulder, out-in-front throw, which we had a step or two. It was a, I'm giving my guy a chance. So if you have more receivers make more plays for you, then yeah, it's going to make you look even better. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a black-and-white game going into it. 
But Ben, we very well could get into the game. And based on what happens in the game, it could be a make or break game for Joe Milton. Like everybody else could be doing their job. And Joe doesn't get it done. And that in turn is a break game. But like based on what we've seen in the last five games, like we we can't sit here and say that we're used to seeing everybody else do their job and Joe's not doing his. Right. Anything can happen. Right. Like I, I have more questions and, and concern with the offensive line than I do Joe Milton. Can the offensive line step up and uh, slow down this A&M defensive front? I, I think that's a, a bigger question than Joe Milton standing in and, and making throws. It is. And, but, uh, I mean, to the text box message, I, I do think there is a point in, and I would say that this is just a big month, big couple of weeks for, for Joe uh, because – a lot of people are kind of on the fence. So a lot of people are out on Joe. I mean, th- these these can kind of be legacy games for Joe. And I'm specifically talking about next week at Alabama. Uh, but if but if he can have a big month, uh, because obviously Texas A&M isn't what Alabama, Georgia, or Florida is, and Kentucky is Kentucky. But if if you're able to to pick up these wins this month, then I I, I do think that they go a long ways towards cementing your legacy and kind of rewriting the narrative that, that hangs over Joe right now. Vaughn Birmingham says to win this game, we will have to go side to side, quick passes and hit Joe and Joe hit the deep balls. Don't know how much we'll have to, uh, able to get done on the ground. Yeah. I mean, stretching the field both horizontally and vertically. I mean, that's, that's something that we've done in two years on a Josh Heupel. We got to get back to that. We got to get back to, throwing the ball to the sideline, picking up five, six, seven yards, doing it to the left, doing it to the right, and then hitting you over the top. Like, we got to get back to doing that. And the question is, can the young pups block on the outside like Brew McCoy without picking up holding calls? Something Josh Heupel mentioned during the press conference. Like, you got to be able to move your feet. You got to be able to have strength to, to, to maintain blocks. So there's more than just catching the ball and running deep routes and making plays through the air. Like, you got to block on the perimeter. That's a big part of what we do with our extension of the, of the running game. All right, Ben. Next Tuesday, we're going to be talking about Tennessee being 5-1, right? Yes, we will. And uh, before we get out of here, do want to share what I passed along from Jennifer Morris on Tuesday because she had – a big exciting announcement and that is that she has joined the next move x network which is powered by keller williams realty and keller williams sports plus entertainment uh, which allows her to have her very own expansion team serving east tennessee called next move smoky mountains Uh, next move x currently serves over 40 u.s locations and she is now honored to be part of the network And what this means for the Swain Event family is that she is able to offer real estate services to over 40 U.S. markets, no matter where you are. Jennifer Morris can help you. And as you've heard us speak about a million times, she is the best at what she does. So if you're looking to buy real estate, upgrade homes, move into a new home, sell a home, 
reach out to Jennifer because she will take that stress out of your life. Love it. Love what Jennifer's doing, man. She's uh, helping so many people. I heard she's even going to help Bryce Harper find his new home in Knoxville. Hey. We look forward to Bryce Harper being a VFL. He don't have a college. Hiller is offering half-off HVAC tune-ups. Also, $99 drain uh, cleaning special. Hiller will get you back up and running. So, this month, Hiller special deals. Go to the website, happyhiller.com, for more details. Again, half-off HVAC tune-ups at Hiller. Um, weather's changing. Leaves are changing colors. It's going to get darker sooner, which opens up for more anxiety, more depression. I mean, people are happier when the sun is out. And so uh, let's make sure that uh, we get out in front of you know some of those issues. You can do that with Mind Body Wellness. Their website, mindbodyknoxville.com. You can go there. You can schedule a like, mental wellness assessment. Uh, they have tools for you. They have a plan for you. Uh, they are accessible and affordable and available uh, for you. They offer a specialized approach to care. Um, so Mind Body Wellness. The website, again, mindbodyknoxville.com. Take care of your mentals. You can do that with Mind Body Wellness. Ben McKee. Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. 3.30 CBS this week. And then we have 3.30 next week CBS versus Alabama. So Tennessee playing on the prime time platform. Prime time stage for the next two weeks. This is what you want, man. This is what you want, Ben. This is why you come to Tennessee to play on this stage. It's going to be a good one this weekend. It will be. I know Tennessee fans are excited to listen to Gary Danielson these next two Saturdays. The good news is that I guess they could be back for Georgia, but this might be the last couple of times you have to listen to him for a Tennessee game. So I uh, do want to encourage people before we get out of here, Swain, uh, to check on your people. You never know what somebody's going through. So reach out to your people, friends, family, check on them, see how they're doing, encourage them and uh, not not only your people, but the strangers that you encounter today. Let's uplift one another. Let's check on one another. Let's be kind to one another. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Good stuff, man. Great message. Much love, peace, and love. Sweet event fuel by Dead End Barbecue. Have a great day. <laughs>